Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats, what he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too, with my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Vikings have been lucky this season. Could they actually be lucky enough to not have to face Josh Allen in Buffalo on what previously looked like an unwinnable game? What do you think, Jeff? (laughs) Well, that would be really interesting considering it'd be the fourth backup quarterback that they faced this year. But it always reminds me, and I always give you this quote, Jim, as Bud Grant, the Viking Hall of Fame coach, always said, it's not who you play, but when you play them. (laughs) And this could be a good week to face Buffalo because it's not only Josh Allen who mispracticed yesterday with that elbow injury and is banged up, but Tremaine Edmonds, their their top tackler, a linebacker, has a groin and a heel injury. He didn't practice. Jordan Poyer, an excellent all-pro safety, four interceptions. He didn't practice. And one of their top pass rushers, Greg Russo, who's got five sacks, did not. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to play, but maybe they're not quite 100%. And I guess who really is 100% in in week 10? And the Vikings are still missing Dalvin Tomlinson. That hurts their inside pressure, inside run-stopping game for sure. Cam Dantzler looks like he could miss this game, but I like what we saw on the Caleb Evans last week and Andrew Booth Jr. is is ready to play too now and so I think that uh, also Garrett Bradbury missed practice with an ankle injury but I I would expect him back the Bills definitely are more banged up but that doesn't mean come Sunday they will be it kind of reminds me Jim when I think of Josh Allen especially and and yeah if they don't have to face him it's definitely a plus But when I think of Josh Allen, who Sean McDermott, their coach, says he's day-to-day with that elbow injury, he's a big, strong guy, 6'5", 240. Reminds me a lot of Steve McNair, who was our quarterback in Tennessee during our Super Bowl run and and our playoff run for several years when I was the president there. And Steve ran a lot like Josh Allen does. Now, Josh didn't get hurt running. He got hurt throwing when he got his his arm hit on that fumble at the end of the game against the Jets in a very physical game. But Steve would find a way to play by the next game. He he could miss practice every day during the week and still come back and start on Sunday and lead us to a win. And I remember once in Pittsburgh, Jim, Neil O'Donnell started the game, got hurt late in the game. McNair comes off the bench cold. (laughs) It was late in the season. He threw one pass. It was a touchdown pass. It was a game winner to Aaron Kenny, our tight end. So I wouldn't put it past Josh Allen to play in this game. I think if they had beaten the Jets last week, there would be a greater likelihood that he may not play. 
But the fact that they lost that game and the Jets are only a half game behind them and they're even with the Chiefs at 6-2, and two, now they have a head-to-head win over the Chiefs. But the Bills know how important it is to get home field advantage in the playoffs over Kansas City especially, get them up in Buffalo for a potential AFC championship game after they lost that overtime thriller last year in Kansas City. So I expect Josh Allen to play. Maybe he just can't. But if he's able at all, even if he misses practice this week, I'd expect him to be in there. He's still doing the the walkthroughs. He's still doing the mental reps. And I think that we could well see him. And I actually hope we do. (laughs) So we don't continue to hear that storyline that's been navigating through the national media that, oh, the Vikings are 7-1, and but oh, who have they played? And oh, are they really any good? And now they've got this big test coming up with these four weeks coming up at Buffalo and then the, the three home games against Dallas, New England, and the Jets, all winning teams, all in playoff contention. So if Josh Allen doesn't play and the Vikings win, it's like, yeah, but they're 8-1, but yeah, but Josh Allen didn't play. He's Jeff Diamond, as you can tell, former president of the Tennessee Titans when they almost won the Super Bowl, former general manager of the Minnesota Vikings when they had the great year in 98, longtime Minnesota Viking employee before that, worked his way up through the ranks. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Our producer is Brianne Burdett. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Uh, again, this is part of TalkNorth.com. Follow us on Twitter, TalkNorthPod, to see the shows that are released, get information about our live shows. Also... Just go to talknorth.com, check out all the other shows, including the Viking Update Show, all of our hockey shows, uh, Russo, Cheryl Reeve, John Krasinski, John Millay, uh, the list, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, Mike Grimm, Dave Lee. We have the best lineup in town. Check it out, and thank you for listening. Thanks also to WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com and Platinum Bank. I just wonder if the Bills would be willing to put – Allen at risk in a non-conference game. Um, and of course they want to win. Of course they'd rather play him. It's going to be really interesting to see how they, and watching Sean McDermott's press conference, we're talking here on Thursday morning, watching his press conference on Wednesday, he basically told us he's not going to tell us anything all week. So it might be a mystery. Yeah, I'm sure it will be a mystery, but things tend to leak out. <laughs> yep. And Josh Allen's already said he's planning on playing, but then again, it's not, ultimately his final call. And so we'll see. I I wouldn't be surprised either way. But as I said, the fact that they lost last last week, I think that that may motivate him to try to get in there and the coach too, for that matter. What was the toughest injury decision you ever had to make as a general manager or an executive? Was there ever one that really kind of tore you up whether you should play somebody or not? I I think I I mentioned McNair and I think a lot of – yeah. In a lot of cases, we were watching him all week, and I'd, I would talk to Jeff Fisher, our head coach, and and kind of discuss, well, what do you think? Is it, is it worth playing him? And and Jeff always felt like, hey, you, you got to win every game you possibly can in this league. And if you think the guy can play, and he thinks he can play, and the doctors think he can play and not take a chance on worsening the injury, then let him go. And and so I, those were some of the the really tough calls that that I I remember back in in my exec years and not not as often with the Vikings I don't I don't recall necessarily having quarterbacks down to the wire or whatever I'm sure there were some cases over time and 
I think certainly one very famous one for us that I did deal with with Danny Green back in 98 was the Brad Johnson injury when he was our starting quarterback and had the had the high ankle injury in week two and was going to be down for three, four weeks. And by the time he was healthy, Randall Cunningham was rolling towards an MVP season. And Denny made the call, which I think was the right call, to keep keep Randall in the lineup. And so that's kind of how the way that one rolled. And as we know, it it certainly turned out pretty well historically until the end of the Atlanta game in the NFC Championship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if Brad Johnson would have had a better chance to win that 98 championship game, although I think uh, what pe- sometimes people forget about that whole scenario was by the end of that game, your team was so beat up, I don't know how if how they would have functioned in a Super Bowl anyway. Yeah, definitely. Robert Smith had gotten hurt. A couple other players on defense had gotten hurt. But as we as we know, when it's a Super Bowl – players usually find a way to get back on the field. <laughs> that is true. And so, and so I, I, I still, I thought that was a little bit overplayed at the time <clears throat> that we couldn't have had all those guys there. Robert may have been an issue, but I think the rest of the, of the players would have, would have been able to play. And I think we certainly would have played Denver tougher in that Super Bowl than Atlanta did. Well, I definitely agree with that. Uh, let, you know, let's get, to this, you mentioned it. Uh, you know, everybody around the country saying, "Hey, the Vikings haven't played anybody. They've been lucky." Uh, how much of this is the Vikings playing really well and playing well in the clutch and getting a lot out of Cousins? How much of it is the schedule and luck? I, th- I think it's always a mix, and certainly the fact that the the NFC North is down this year ha- has helped the Vikings. But they're still playing quality teams. Washington had won three straight when they went in there last week and, and had a, certainly a, a battle to win that game, and which came down to, as we know, the fourth quarter. And what this team is doing, and New Orleans at the time in London was, was still a competitive team, and Arizona had come off a big win. So I, I think that's a little bit overplayed because every team – has quality players. They've got NFL players who are great players from college, and there's no easy games in the NFL. And, yeah, the Vikings have won six straight by one score. That tells me that they have confidence and belief, and O'Connell talks about it repeatedly, that they've got that belief that they can come back and and win games, and the players talk about that, and, and it becomes a belief. And I think that that confidence that builds over time with all these one-score wins, will serve them well down the stretch and potentially in, in a playoff game when those games are usually pretty close. So, yeah, they they haven't maybe played the cream of the crop, but they're going to be the next few weeks. And even if Josh Allen isn't in there, Buffalo is still the number four defensive team in the league. They've got quality players on that football team. Next week, Dallas, who we know is one of the top defenses in the league and has plenty of talent on offense. So these next two weeks are going to be that, that word test is a little bit overrated sometimes because you got to play the teams that that are in front of you. And if you get the wins, you get the wins and get in the playoffs and then it's a whole new season. But I think the Vikings are in a similar position as Buffalo that they want to win every game because they want to still have either the top seed, if they can catch Philly, which would be questionable 
but Philly's got some tough games ahead too. And, or if they can be the number two seed, then they still have a chance of having two home games before they would potentially go to Philadelphia for an NFC championship game. And who's to say that Philadelphia is going to be able to beat a team such as San Francisco in the playoffs or that the Vikings could beat San Francisco. It's going to be, uh, I think the NFC is going to still be wide open. Every win counts. And yeah, you can nitpick who they play and whatever, but they're seven and one. That's all that matters to the players and the coaches. I want to get to uh, Cousins, Hawkinson, and some news around the league. Where's Odell Beckham Jr. going to end up? Uh, Jeff Saturday becoming a head coach, I think, is really weird. We'll also do our NFL picks, which, of course, is a way for us to talk about uh, some really interesting teams and developments around the league. For right now, though, uh, Jeff, tell us about White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my longtime friend, owner Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell. They're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and you'll see 3.99% APR for 72 months on 2022 Buick SUV models and GMC Sierra 1500s, GMC terrains, and great purchase allowances, plus no monthly payments until 2023. Check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500. Reserve yours now and explore the GMC Sierra HD. The Wipe Your Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in Wipe Your Lake or online at wipeyourlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. And thanks also to longtime sponsor, Platinum Bank. Platinum Bank is your bank, a partner or simply a provider. In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with Executive Vice President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. Where do you think Odell Beckham Jr. winds up this year? I would have said originally that it was going to be back with the Rams, but with them sitting at three and five and having all kinds of issues and Matthew Stafford banged up now, that offensive line's a mess. Sean McVay can't quite figure out how to get them going. I I thought it would be the Rams, but there's a lot of rumblings about the Dallas Cowboys and – Obviously, the Cowboys are still a very good team and and have some sizzle, which we know OBJ loves the limelight. So it wouldn't surprise me if he does end up in Dallas, if they've got the cap room to do it. I think the Cowboys have been tight, but they can usually figure out a way to, to spread it out with voidable years and all those type of things. So I guess you would say right now, the odds are that he'll end up in Dallas, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he's back 
with the Rams if they can maybe win a couple games here in the upcoming weeks. How difficult is it to get a player up to speed as quickly as the Vikings did with Hawkinson where he surprised he was able to be that productive? Yeah, that was really an amazing performance when you think about him coming in on a Tuesday and getting a crash course in the offense, working with tight ends coach Brian Angelico and O'Connell giving Angelico very well-deserved credit. And it's one of the things I think is a good trait of of Kevin O'Connell, that he does give a lot of credit to his assistant coaches. I think that shows good leadership. And I think it's something that Kirk Cousins does, too. When he started his press conference last week after the game by crediting Adam Thielen on his 500th catch. So that that's leadership to me when you're willing to give credit to other people and, and not try to grab all the credit for yourself. And Hawkinson, yeah, he deserves the the bulk of the credit for, for putting in the work and being motivated to, to have success. But the fact that he was targeted nine times and had nine catches on all the targets and a couple of, of big third down catches in the game, including on the final drive that helped them run out the clock. He is really, first of all, he's a, he's a quality player in, in the passing game and the run game. He can block too, but he just gives him so much additional firepower potentially on that offense that I think it's, it's, it's amazing to me that the Lions actually traded him as a former top 10 pick and not getting a first round pick back in return. So yeah, it, it, it's hard, very difficult to get up to speed that quickly. But as Hawkins has said, football is football. He just had to learn the, the terminology. And once he was in sync with that, he was ready to roll. So he'll, he should just get better and better, but I don't know how you get much better than nine catches in your first game. Yeah, I mean, maybe he'll make bigger plays down the field, but good lord, that was that was so impressive. Um, and I do give the the coaching staff a lot of credit for that. You have to give Hawkinson, as you said, tons of credit for being smart enough and adaptable enough to come in. I just think the Lions uh, it, that is what bad franchises do. They undervalue their own assets. They get depressed by the losing. They end up uh, not seeing the big picture. Uh, there's no way you should trade Hawkinson and just get slightly better picks in. Two- drafts. And by the way, if the Vikings are really good, those picks won't even be that much different. That's right. It could be the second rounder could be late in the second round, which is almost a third round pick. So right. yeah. And, and the fact he had no drops too, by the way. And yeah. one of the things, one of the things that I think was an issue last week, there were about three drop balls that I saw, including, including Justin Jefferson with a catchable deep ball. And so now you got to cut JJ some slack because obviously he's one of the best receivers in the league. And it's going to be fun to see his matchup with our old friend, Stefan Diggs this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the things I find really interesting, Jim, it, it's amazing how close Stefan Diggs and, Je- and Justin Jefferson's stats are. And, and we know looking back at the trade and talking about the trade, it, it certainly, I think looking at it three years later, still benefits the Vikings more than the Bills, even though both teams got great value out of the trade, and that's what you want with a trade. The Vikings got a, a player who's five years younger and I think ha, has a certainly a greater upside. But you look at their stats, and they're so close out this season. Diggs, 60 catches for 857 yards, seven touchdowns. Jefferson, 59 catches, 867 yards, three touchdowns, both in the top five. 
in yards in the league and probably both head back to the Pro Bowl, I'm sure. And so and, and when you break down that trade too, the addition for the Vikings is they got extra picks and they did draft Cam Bynum out of the deal. A couple other players who are no, no longer with the Vikings. But I think that matchup is going to be fun to watch this, this uh, Sunday. And so is Dalvin Cook on the field with his younger brother, James Cook, who is the number two back in Buffalo. And Dalvin kind of quietly has risen up through the ranks of, of top rushers in the league. He stayed relatively healthy this year. He's up to 608 yards and five touchdowns and, and really having a very good year. Uh, scored that winning touchdown against Washington on on the that one-handed grab in the end zone. Great great throw from Cousins, a great catch by Dalvin. And his younger brother, James Cook, has 147 yards for the Bills as their number two back. And I think the, the Vikings will see a lot of James Cook and Singletary this week, especially if Dalvin Tomlinson is still out, which he's one of their best run stoppers. And that that's going to be a big challenge to shut down that Buffalo running game, especially if Josh Allen either doesn't play or they're trying to protect him a little bit in the game and, and run the ball more. And perhaps we won't see Josh Allen running it as much, which will be a benefit to the Vikings because he's got over 300 yards rushing and four TDs this year and is a, is a huge threat running the ball as, as a quarterback. And we know the Vikings – did a pretty good job on Kyler Murray a few weeks ago, but they did have trouble earlier in the year, as everybody has with with uh, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia and Justin Fields in Chicago. And, and what a day Fields had last week, setting an NFL record for rushing yards by a quarterback. I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch, Jim, regardless of who plays or whatever. It's going to be an interesting game. Weather can always be a factor in Western New York this time of year. It should be a, a great ball game. Oh, I agree with you. Hey, let's talk about the receiver position now. Tyreek Hill is blowing up. Uh, Jamar Chase, you know, might have been the most talented player on a team that almost won the Super Bowl last year, even though he's hurt right now. He's spectacular. Cooper Cup was the most productive receiver last year. Stephon Diggs might be the most complete receiver or one of the most complete receivers. Jefferson, we think, is an all-timer. I mean, where do you put Jefferson among that group? Is he top two, top five, top ten? Well, he's definitely top five, and, and I would say he's on the same level with Diggs, with Cooper Cup, and Tyreek Hill seems to be getting more targets and all that, and, and is perhaps the, the bigger deep threat. But then we saw J.J. get deep on, a, on one of the biggest plays in the game last week when he caught the 47-yarder from Cousins on third down when the Vikings were trailing in the game 17-14 at that point. So that was a huge play in the ball game. He's certainly very capable of, of, of getting deep and catching deep balls. And and he we know he's great on the contested catches as with the first touchdown. So he, he's definitely top five. I, I think he's top three in the league with to me with with, with Hill and, and Cup and probably perhaps tied with Diggs right now. Interesting. All right, let's let's get into our well, one more NFL topic, then we'll get into our picks. Jeff Saturday replacing Frank Reich. I listen, I think Frank Reich's a really good coach and a really good person. Um, I, it, the only reason I can see for firing him and blaming anything on him is the fact that he kind of, he kind of vouched for Carson Wentz and Wentz was a disaster, but Jeff Saturday from the, uh, offices of ESPN to, to becoming head coach of an NFL team strikes me as ridiculous. Yeah. Very bizarre. <clears throat> and 
uh, James Ursay has been capable of doing those kind of moves historically, but this one was very strange in, in terms of pulling Jeff Saturday out of the ESPN booth and no coaching experience at all, especially when he had a couple of assistants on his staff that do have a lot of coaching experience. And so I, I think it's bizarre. I think the, the fatal mistake that Frank Reich may have made besides the Carson Wentz decision was yanking Matt Ryan out of the lineup. I, I didn't really understand that and putting Ellinger in there who had, I don't think he ever had a career start and he's been dismal the last couple of weeks. I don't know what happened with Matt Ryan, why they gave up. I know he, he had an injury, but the fact that, that Reich made the pronouncement that, well, Ellinger's our starter for the season. And when Matt Ryan may have had a, a one or two week, I think he had an ankle injury or something. That was really weird. And I, I think that's one of the things that may have been his undoing. Yeah, maybe that maybe that is it. All right, let's talk about some other teams as we go through our picks here. Seattle, one of the nicest surprises of the season, going to Tampa, which bare, kind of saved their season with a crazy late sequence with Brady looking like Brady last week. Uh, what do you think of these two teams right now? Yeah, I think the, the Seahawks are a fascinating team and, and one of the great stories in the league and not kind of a little bit under the radar, too. Kind of like the Vikings in that regard, that that they're sitting atop the NFC West when you got the 49ers and the Rams there and, and the Cardinals who were a playoff team last year. And it doesn't look like they're necessarily going away. This might be Pete Carroll's best coaching job, perhaps, with Geno Smith and, and getting that defense playing well. This will be a, a good test for them. Tampa Bay, I just don't know. That offensive line has been so banged up. And especially on the interior. And we knew that going into the season, but Brady did find a way to get the win last week over the Rams. I, I'm, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay in this game to find a way to get the win. And their defense hasn't played great this year, but they still have quality players. Even though Shaq Barrett's been hurt, that's hurt them. So I'll go with the Bucks, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think I would take Seattle in this one. I just like the way they're playing. I think Tampa just got a little lucky last week. Detroit at Chicago. We talked about the Lions and their malaise. They're continuing malaise. The Bears are really interesting. They trade away their best defensive players. They basically say, hey, we're going to rebuild. But they also go out and get people as a future receiver for Fields. Fields is running uh, like maybe no quarterback ever. Uh, he has a stride that t- just carries him past people. People cannot get an angle on the guy. He's throwing the ball fairly well at times. Uh, is he the franchise quarterback they need him to be? Well, he certainly has appeared to be the last few weeks. And he, even going back to the Viking game, I thought he looked he looked good in that ball game. He definitely is progressing in the offense there and, and they're giving him the opportunities to, to run, to run wild as he did with the 178 yards city, the, the NFL record in regular season for a rushing quarterback. I think Michael Vick had over 200 yards in a playoff game. Wasn't it against green Bay? I think way back when I think so. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. But I, I liked what I've seen out of Justin Fields the last few weeks and, and he certainly looked very shaky his rookie year but it looks like he's taken a major step forward, which is a great sign for the Bears franchise, definitely. And I, I think that they, they beat the Lions this week, even even if the Lions are coming off that upset win over the beleaguered Green Bay Packers. 
Uh, well, no doubt about it. And this week, uh, we do have, let's talk about Green Bay. Uh, Dallas, Green Bay. Uh, and the Vikings, obviously, are going to be are preparing to play the Cowboys down the road here. Uh, Green Bay is an absolute mess. Uh, Dallas is playing really well right now. They're running the ball well. They get, they're getting Zeke back. Pollard's been great. Zach Dak is now back. The defense is dynamic. What do you see out of this one? You kind of have a feeling at some point the Packers are going <clears> to <throat> figure things out and get things back on track, <clears throat> but it's not happening. <laughs> and so from that standpoint, I'm going with Dallas because they're the, the team that's playing better football right now. And Rodgers is making snide remarks about his team and his coaches and his receivers and himself. So there's just not a lot of confidence in Green Bay right now. I'll, I'll go with the Cowboys. Uh, no doubt about it. Everything you said is right on. This is a different bad start for the Packers. They've had bad starts that they were able to overcome. I don't see them overcoming this one. All right, now, Vikings at Buffalo. Who do you like? And, of course, we're, it, it's almost silly to pick at this time of the point, not knowing if it's going to be Case Keenum or Josh Allen. But, but for the purposes of analysis and fun, who do you like in this game? Well, I'm going to assume Josh Allen is going to play. And I'm going to take Buffalo in a fairly close game. I'll say three, four points, something like that, that the Vikings keep it, keep it close as they have all year and that Buffalo finds a way to get it done at the end. And even if Keenum plays, I still wouldn't necessarily pick the Vikings in this particular game going into Buffalo. I just think the Bills in a bounce back game after that loss to the Jets are, are going to find a way to win this game. Yeah, I think under different circumstances, I might pick the Vikings to win this game. I think Dalvin Cook's going to be able to run the ball, and uh, their offense is very, the Vikings' offense is very healthy. I think it, if you look at NFL history, it's really hard to go from the Midwest to the East Coast or either coast two weeks in a row and win twice in a row. Uh, at tough places to play. I, I just don't think that really works out. So I think the Vikings are good enough to win this game. I don't like the circumstances, so I will take the Bills in this one. Yeah, I think the one thing I would, yeah, the one, one thing I would add, and this could be our final thought, is is the Bills have been very turnover prone lately, and for the fourth time in the last five games last week, in their loss to the Jets, they, they had two turnovers and now have 14 giveaways through eight games. That's, I think, good news for the Vikings, who rank second in the league with a plus-six turnover ratio. The Bills are plus-one. And that could be the thing that could turn this game, potentially. And especially if Keenum's playing, may, maybe there'll be a better opportunity for the Vikings to tick off a couple balls. Harrison Smith has interceptions three straight games. And even Josh Allen threw a couple of interceptions last week against the Jets. So that could be the one thing that could turn the tide this week if the Vikings can win that turnover battle. Thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore. Thanks to Platinum Bank. Thanks to our producer, Brian Burdett. And thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. And we'll be back next week to set up the Cowboys and tell you what happened in Buffalo. Buffalo.